I'm Lee McCarrigirio, and you're listening to the Falcon's Nest Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Falcon's Nest Podcast. Today, we'll be focusing on the challenges faced by the youth in the community and how youth can engage to help one another. My name is Parthi Shaw. And I'm Sam Kabatoff. Today, we have a special guest with us, Mr. Mayor Charlie Clark. Welcome, Mayor Clark. Thank you very much. Yes. Before we dive into the topic of what the city can do for our youth, Mr. Clark, could you tell the listeners a bit about yourself and what you do? Well, I'm the mayor of Saskatoon, and um, I've in my eighth year of being mayor, um, and so I guess I go to a lot of meetings <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> cut ribbons and, and go to events, uh, obviously, in the community. Um, and try to help uh, make decisions with my council colleagues to, to guide the future of the city and everything from how our transit system runs to our fire services to our leisure centers to, you know, clearing the snow off the roads and increasingly also um, trying to figure out how to respond to homelessness and and uh, and to some of the really significant challenges we're seeing around people being unhoused and the mental health addictions issues um, that we're seeing in our community. And I feel like one of the big things to that is my job right now is that our city is growing rapidly and is becoming more diverse every year. And uh, how do we work together to create a city that everybody has a sense of belonging? That's awesome. Um, being the mayor must come with like its unique experiences. Uh, what do you think is the best part of being mayor? Um, I think there's probably no other role in the city that gives you a chance to see how a whole city works, you know, and, and to, to see all the different parts of, uh, of what makes a, a community a community. And, and that's not just the uh, parts of the city operations that I get to see uh, in action that a lot of people don't necessarily see, but also to going out to meeting with different groups, whether it's the arts community or the sports community or some of the ethnocultural communities or um, working with the First Nations and Métis communities and um, uh, LGBTQ uh, 2S uh, plus communities. And being able to get a sense of, of all the different ways that people are, are contributing and, and organizing themselves, community association, neighborhoods associations, um, it's quite amazing. And I, I feel like I have a very unique pers- ability to see that. And, and it's actually quite inspiring, especially these days where if you read social media or you read the news, you hear about a lot of the conflict and a lot of uh, a more negative kind of uh, view of, uh, of society. Whereas when you go out and you meet with different people and you see how many people are out there volunteering their time in many ways to improve the community, it it's a, gives you a very different understanding of, of, of your own city. We're certainly grateful for the work you do. How did you get into politics? Since we are from a high school, did something in your high school experience influence you to go in this direction? So I ran for city council in 2006. Before that, I had gotten involved in the, in some different campaigns, including a city council campaign and, uh, and also some provincial and federal election campaigns that I guess you could say got me into politics. Um, I was already in my, early 30s, um, late 20s. Uh, at the same time, I would say from a high school standpoint, 
Um, I do remember my English teacher, Mr. Schneider, uh, in grade 11, uh, who got us to really think critically in a class and got us to write essays. I remember writing one about uh, some of the impacts of uh, inequality and, and um, income inequality and things like that, that I know got me thinking. And at that time, I also uh, was very close with my grandfather, Fred Ritchie, who was uh, very involved in the local Citizens Association in the community I lived in in BC, in Naramata, a very small community. But I feel like some of the seeds of, of civic involvement started there. And then I never planned myself to be a politician, though. When uh, the election came up, uh, this is a bit of a longer kind of answer to your question, but in 2006, I had actually only lived in Saskatoon for four years. Um, I'm from British Columbia originally, and sure how old you all were in 2006, but I think... <laughs> About just maybe one? One year old. Okay, so you probably don't remember that back then um, there was a very strong feeling in Saskatoon that when young people graduate from either high school or university, they don't stay. That there was a feeling that that uh, uh, in a lot of ways that that young people don't see a future in Saskatoon. And and uh, and at the time, the city council was quite a bit older, and there was a it was a kind of a block like they, they, there wasn't a lot of debate on the city council. It was votes were all ten one, and there was a sense that we need fresh voices on city council, and we need uh, to have some younger voices. And I I was younger than what the council uh, of the day was. Um, and also there was a real sense there was a growing divide in the city. Uh, there was some very difficult, uh, confronting the difficult realities of the Starlight Tours and the, and the police services record, uh, or some some members of the police service who had uh, been uh, convicted for dropping off young members, Indigenous men off on the edge of the city, and, and it was very heightened, and, um, and there was a lot of tension. Uh, and there was also some big debates happening about development and suburban versus downtown development and what to do with the uh, south downtown which is now river landing and my feeling was that saskatoon was a place that actually there's a still a strong sense of community and that it, the more we're uh, we get into an us versus them feeling the worse that is for the city and so um but i didn't those were also very challenging issues to face so i was asked by people to consider running for council to have more younger voices on there and to help try and address these things and it was kind of terrifying but i had a friend of mine ask me you're the community saying they want you to run uh but you're saying you don't want to what are you afraid of and that question was actually pretty important for me to sort of ask myself okay so if something feels more scary or more of a challenge maybe sometimes that's the a reason to do it to put yourself out, out of your comfort zone and um so that that's what ended up getting me involved in politics. That's a pretty long answer. I'll try not to <laughs> make all my answers that long. Well, I think that's that's great. Pretty cool that like Saskatoon has like changed so much in like I don't know, fifteen years. Just a few decades, yeah. Yeah. Um, shifting our focus now, the youth in our city. In your view, what are some of the biggest challenges facing facing youth in our city? I just turned 50, so I uh, I can't say that I um, can speak for youth at this stage. Uh, but when I have talked to youth, we had some really great discussions at a Youth Speak Out uh, forum. So 
we had a chance to meet in small groups with with youth uh, and uh, with high, high school students um, from from different schools, and we heard a lot about. Uh, issues related to mental health and and some concerns, you know, about making sure that the right supports are there in place for around mental health. We heard about transit because that's a city operation, and 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 concerns about people um, buses being full and and the reliability and predictability of transit. We also heard about the pronoun legislation, and uh, because I had a provincial MLA with the, who was part of the discussions and and um, actually quite a bit of. Uh, of criticism of that legislation. What we, I think, need to make sure we're doing as a city, um, and I'm interested to learn always more about, is what are the things that we need to have or want to have in the city that give people a sense, uh, give young people a sense to say, yeah, this is a part of a city I want to be in, and the, we have the, the kind of activities and um, we, uh, programs and things like that that, that make me want to be part of it. And then people see that they have job opportunities here too, which is obviously important. Yes, definitely. And I think the youth um, feedback is also pretty beneficial as well. Um, you're well-traveled across the country. Would you say there are any challenges youth experience that are unique to Saskatoon? It's it's a smaller city than a Toronto, a Vancouver, or Winnipeg. So obviously we have we don't have as much of a critical mass of of uh, activities or things that to do. But I often hear from people that Saskatoon is kind of nice because we don't have all the traffic, but we still have sports and arts and events and entertainment and things. It's harder to get to Saskatoon from other places. So I, you know I know that has some impact. Um, I'm, I am very aware of, uh, in, we're really on the front lines as a city around truth and reconciliation. And there's a lot of young people who are in the, in the First Nations Métis communities that their parents or, or previous generations have not had a sense of, of, uh, being recognized. The, the systemic racism that people faced has been very real. And how do you make sure that in, our city people really have a sense that whoever you are you're supported and and uh valued for what you know and what you bring and who you are and what your identity is and and i know we still have a lot of challenges to make sure that that's the experience that people have so those are some of the things i don't know how unique they are to our city i'd be interested to know if you have or thoughts on the answer to that question I think uh, Saskatoon is the perfect medium-sized city. I think uh, lots of stuff that we offer um, as a smaller city compared to Toronto, Vancouver is definitely definitely something I'm grateful for. Um, I think I will pass it over to you, Sam. Okay. Um, what are some of the initiatives the city has to um, support the youth in the community? Well, I mean, part of it is is we've been expanding out our. Uh, the different facilities that we have, you know, think places like Marla Spelcher Place was built, uh, you know, during my time as mayor, as well as Gordie House Sports Complex, um, uh, you know, to make sure that there's great, you know, opportunities for, for training in sports and sports and all of those kinds of activities to happen. Um, and we've also expanded like our cricket fields and, and uh, we're trying to make sure that we have more and more uh, offerings of, on, on that side. 
plus things like Nutrient Wonder Hub, which I think is helping with youth at a very young age. I know not so many high school students necessarily go there. Um, and the Ramey Modern uh, Art Gallery, which is, uh, you know, I think a, a place that people can go and obviously be exposed to world-class art experiences and also I've had some great nights there with programs that are on that, that bring young people together. Um, and then we're, t- we're planning for the downtown event and entertainment district so that the, the, to have a more modern um, event center arena that, that um, can make sure that we can keep bringing in concerts and, and experiences from across the country, but also create a, that bigger city experience. It really feels like we're at this place as a city where we're becoming a bigger city. And I don't know if you were down at River Landing this last summer at all on some beautiful summer evenings, but the way people have just are starting to gather there, whether there's Latin dance going on or there's there's even no programming going on, but there's just people, you know, mixing and milling about and and uh and and it's the kind of thing that I would associate with being in Toronto or being in you know, Paris or wherever, and not that we're at that scale, but those, we want to create a city that people are like, this is a great place to be part of. One of the big highlights was uh, the opening of the, actually the Pawatitan basketball courts um, right down at River Landing there, because um, that, as soon as that was opened, and um, just before Thanksgiving weekend, we saw a whole, it becoming a hub for young people. Um more and more places like that that just give people something to do, give people places to connect with other other students and feel like they're in a cool place. That's fantastic to hear. Now, looking at it from the perspective of what youth can do in their city, are there any ways youth in Saskatoon can volunteer or give back to the community? Yes, certainly. And and I we have lots of really incredible organizations that are out there that always can use volunteers, you know, whether it's places like the food bank or the friendship Inn, or, um, or working with like the tribal council or the, or the, um, friendship center or the, um, sanctum, you know, there's, there's lots of organizations that, uh, that you can get connected to that, that can help you to go out there and volunteer. There's also opportunities to get involved in um, our, our civic processes. We actually have dedicated youth positions on uh, some of our committees, like our Environmental Advisory Committee and our Public Arts Advisory Committee. Um, and we've seen some students who at the high school level have started to become involved and actually um, through that become leaders in, in those uh, committees over time and taken over the committee chair roles and so on. And there are some some situations like even it was before your time too, I'm sure when we first got the recycling program for the blue bins, it was very, very controversial. Um, in fact, there was a lot of people who thought it was just crazy to introduce those bins and, and they didn't want it and they thought it was expensive. And um, and on the, the night of the council debate for uh, whether we were going to go ahead with the program or not, and we, it wasn't sure what the vote would be like, a couple of students came forward and uh, and and provided their perspective and their reason from a point of view of sustainability and trying to make better decisions for the next generations that um, it would be the council should should take take action and that had a real impact on the discussion so I I feel like there's still a pretty big disconnect where where a lot of people don't realize or know how 
our city council decision-making processes work or uh, how, how they can get more involved. And, and actually, it, it, can, it doesn't mean if you get involved, everything you advocate for or ask for will happen, but you can certainly, um, the voice of students can shape, especially as we th- are making plans around the downtown event and entertainment district and some of those things, to hear from students, like, what do you think is going to be important and, and what do you think needs to be included? And um, it, those are those are things we would love to hear and see ways to connect what you're... And your own agency as, as this in the podcast club is a perfect example of uh, taking leadership, um, making sure that there's conversations going on about our community. And uh, it's great because that's the way community gets shaped and formed, so... I think think especially with like our generation, we're noticing a lot more like problems, like Mm -hmm. instead of like even at at young ages, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like we're willing to help like resolve these problems and stuff. And I think that's great. What what do you mean you're seeing more problems? Well, like not seeing more problems, but like noticing like what's wrong with like... Making change in our community in terms of like recycling or um, anything to help the city, the planet, each other. Yeah, instead of like just I don't know, just being teenagers, you know? Okay. Um. Well, I but I my if I think back to when I was a teenager, you were asking me like, did did some experiences in high school get me involved? I and I have three kids. One of them's in first year university. One of them's in grade ten. I th- think the level of understanding of of kind of that bigger picture of the world is higher now at the high school level. Yeah. Um, but I don't know necessarily if people know where the outlets are yeah. to uh, make change. And so, um, and not to sound like an old fart, but like the whole, what I feel like happens on social media a bit is it's not really a, a place of problem solving. It's a place of of calling out problems and and can be kind of a... Sometimes it feels like a bit of a sewer of just everybody complaining, which is, and I'm not saying people shouldn't complain, but but what do you do with it, right? And mm-hmm. so finding ways to get people in the room together and, and talking about things directly and and, uh, and then directing it towards what can we do is um, is a good idea. Just to, and, and I think it's what we need. Like we live in a democracy. City council members who are at least at the local level who are there to make decisions on behalf of the city, it makes a difference to talk to them. It like literally, but if you just spam them on Twitter or whatever, <laughs> like it doesn't really... It doesn't get you there, right? But I would not underestimate any students phoning up a a counselor and saying, I care about this or that. Just like one example being on climate change. Uh, There's actually some pretty comprehensive things that we're doing right now to assess what are our emissions. You know, how much of them come from buildings? How much of them come from transportation? How much of them come from um, uh, our energy and the way that our energy is produced? What kinds of things can we do to try to shift away from the the, our dependence on fossil fuels because we are among the most fossil fuel dependent um place in the whole world uh and uh, we want to be part of that transition and that change there are people who are tell us oh don't don't worry about that you know like uh, climate change is a hoax and all that kind of stuff and and which i don't believe i believe it's if we keep going on that track we're just going to be left behind because the rest of the world is moving and we don't want that so having uh students engaged in in those discussions and talking about 
what you think is important and, and where we should be trying to we're trying to get more solar uh, energy development in place where we're, we're uh, some opportunities to do some potentially big retrofit projects on buildings we're getting electric buses in our in our transit fleet we're trying to support more electric vehicle development that those are things that uh hearing from students um would would be uh really really impactful um are there any ways that you can get more involved with the decision making in the city yeah i I think the key is is to be able to start to track what where and how decisions are being made and then to and then to to come and you can anybody can come and speak to city council or and we have a structure of four different committees that are where um we the issues are first sort of dealt with and then they lead to city council meetings and so people can come and speak to committees or council meetings um and make presentations um but you kind of need to know so what when and where are the different debates happening um so um, and then also every fall is when we make appointments. So if there's a, somebody who wants to get involved in one of our advisory committees or something like that, it's a matter of tapping into that. So I guess looking at the city website and seeing some of that information, there are some organizations that are involved in some of these issues. Like if it's a transit issue, bus riders of Saskatoon, um, if you get hooked into them, they'll, they're always there when we have council debates on different things and, and to be able to add voices to what they're talking about or on climate issues there's a group called the climate hub and we're just talking to them about how to make sure that that they're really aware of where when those issues are coming up but if students wanted to you know get involved with that group um that's certainly one way to do it um or to literally get a group together and then start to follow the media and the council agendas and um you know that would be another another way to do it um Finally, Mr. Clark, why do you feel it is important that youth give back to their community? Well, we all benefit from uh, living in a democracy. You know, it's not a perfect democracy, uh, but 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 it is. And so, what that means is that, in my mind, um, is that along with uh, living in that kind of society means you have rights and you have responsibilities. And um, it, it feels like it's an important time for us as a society to remember that looking at how do we improve the community. Um, and get involved and um, make sure that there's a healthy debate and, and healthy uh, society um, is also, uh, it develops the leadership skills to then make sure that we have people who can be, you know, become the next uh, leaders in society, whether it's at, at the city council level, at the provincial level, at the federal level, or in different organizations. And if you're not doing it, then somebody else is going to do it on your behalf. So if your voice, if, if you're not getting involved, then you're just saying, ah, it's not, I don't want to, I don't want to put my time in, then you're basically leaving it up to somebody else to um, get involved and, and advocate, but they may not bring the same perspective, uh, advocating for the same goals, the same principles. Um, and, uh, and so that's where I think that that uh, obligation and opportunity comes in, and I uh, I think it's important for people to not underestimate the their voice. And so, a healthy community, a healthy democratic society means that you have that that involvement. Sometimes it feels in society that um, people are 
treating their citizenship like they're consumers. Like you just sit back on your couch and you say, I like this, I don't like that. And and uh, rather than saying, how can I help solve something? It's, it's just uh, wait for the decisions to be made and then criticize them. And that's not a healthy uh, society. The more engaged you are, the more you are uh, involved in, in uh, making your voice heard, uh, the more then we can have that healthy, healthy democratic community. Definitely. I, I remember once being told that uh, children are the leaders of tomorrow, but youth are the leaders of today. So I think that's really important because uh, many hands make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for joining us today and providing insight in the importance of what the city can do for our youth. Well, thank you. Yeah, really appreciate. It. These are pretty, pretty uh, thoughtful questions and <laughs> getting into the meat of it, of things. And and I hope what uh, I was able to offer in terms of my perspective is uh, gives people something to think about. And really, thank you for. Um, if you hadn't had this podcast idea, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And maybe you know somebody listening uh, to whether it's this episode or others, it'll change the way they think about their role in the world, and that's Definitely. really what we need. Mm-hmm. And so it's only by you taking this on that that opportunity is created. So congratulations to all of you. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. <laughs> Well, that's all for today. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Mayor Charlie Clark and make sure you tune in next time on the Falcon's Nest podcast. <laughs>